Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Anthropological. Real life applications for some very anthropological theories. I am Kasira Hill. Hey fam, um, you're a local anthropologist, graphic designer, and although I've worked in a tiki bar, I've worked in a rum bar, I've worked in a tropical bar, um, I don't have a pineapple tattoo and I won't be getting one. <laughs> Hey, everybody, it's David Moore, a Chicago-based bartender, founder of Spill, and I essentially am a walking meme. And I'm here for that. I love that. Do you make memes out of yourself? Yeah. Like, you know the kombucha girl one where she kind of tries it for the first time, and then she's like, oh, 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 oh. Oh. That's kind of me and everything that I do. Um, And I feel like a total meme today because it's our last episode of season two. Oh my God. Well, I guess that brings us to the topic, right? Why are we talking about memes? Because uh, we're talking about tropes today. Tropes are, you know, what is what is it? What is a trope? What do you think of when you think of a trope? What does that word mean, David? Um, you know, I think it means like the myths and these stories that people have assumptions about within a certain topic. And we're going to delve into all of it. And it's going to be fantastic. And it's going to be hilarious. Cute. Let's do it. Ms. Kasira Hill, let's have a kiki. I have a... Does it sound good on the microphone? It does. I don't know. (laughs) It does sound good. Do the kids know what I'm talking about? The cool kids out there on TikTok? What was the (laughs) other one I was going to do? Oh, um... Are they memes or memes? But it's like a RuPaul's Drag Race reference that doesn't always land. I want to talk to you <laughs> about being a former bartender, being a current bartender, the things that are the kind of most bartendery about you in real life. What are some things, what are some tropes of yours that are actually kind of true that you live out? Well, that's a really good starting question because I feel like that's what made me want to explore the topic of tropes um for this episode is kind of like a funny lighthearted episode as you can tell we don't have an anthropological section because we're just making jokes today and we're just laughing about our industry yeah. and uh so in the in the topic of tropes or in the topic of memes uh I'm <laughs> I I think about the the funny things that bar culture has in the little nuances of you know Hello. jokes and shit in there um but yeah I think In this topic, I want to explore just the funny things that, you know, make us laugh um, about people and the ridiculous things that bartenders do and talk about that are just funny and lofty and ridiculous. So um, with that, with that being said, to answer your question, I think the most, you know, iconic bartendery bartender thing that I do um, is I do not shut the fuck up about fresh citrus. I like oh, I'm so I'm I'm sitting here and I'm like if if you don't press your lime juice then and there for that margarita that you're making at home it's going to taste like trash and if you put it in a deli and use it 2 days later it's also going to taste like trash like throw that citrus away after 24 hours I don't want to see it I it's in the drain it's you know I don't know recycled in some form I I just can't I can't what about you the same thing. No, I would say that for me, it is that I post cocktail photos, probably. I like trying to think of things that I say in my real life, but I feel like I would say that my friends that 
our bartenders probably think that I really lay into the, like the social media aspect of being a bartender of like posting cocktail photos, obviously created like spill and then doing virtual classes. So it's like definitely something that I do in like my free time as well. But I, are you a walking bartender trope then? Like, Oh my is, God. Just, I am. I'm the it. worst. They're no, like, you know what? David Moore, I, the guy that posts cocktails. Yeah. I, I probably know him. Didn't you work at Cindy? I probably, Oh God, we'll get into that. But I would say that, yeah, probably. I really love bartending. I think it's really fun. I think it's cool. And I did a lot of competitions and I post photos. Is it cool? It's super cool with a K and a W. And so oh my God. I I think that there probably are elements of me that are that fall into like that thing that we make fun of bartenders. But I also will say that maybe the least bartendery thing about me is that I absolutely can make fun of myself for it. Like I do not get defensive when people are like, uh, what do you do? Like you, you know, sharing a cocktail. And I'm like, oh my God, that's hilarious. I do. That is crazy that you called me out on that. And so I believe in- Wow, what revolutionary information you have Hello. Here. Well, <laughs> at the time I thought it was. And you mentioned right before this call, you're like, Ugh, you know, it's like the most funny thing is like people that think that they're being sustainable and use like dehydrated citrus wheels. And I'm like, Okay, but Kasira, that was literally what I did for years because I was... You're like me. I was like, wait, you read my biography? <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's probably the most tropey thing about me. Um, I, with that being said, do you have any, like, spare uh, Fernet swag that I could get? Because, like, I've been looking for a Fernet hat. I've been looking for a Topo Chico bottle opener. And I've been looking for um, some useless pins. Okay. Do you have any of those laying around? I have two of the three. <laughs> I have nothing for net related because I, not for any reason other than I've just never had the great grand opportunity to receive for net swag. Topo Chico swag, I have a myriad of. Fun fact, this is like, this to me is a humble brag. I get free cases of Topo Chico every month and I... For no reason other than they they that. drop off like six 24 packs of Topo Chico at my apartment every month because of whatever reason. We've talked about possibly doing something for Spill with them. We need to cut. We need to cut that out of here because I think that my partner, Andy, might just leave me <sighs> for you. Well, that's also, that's like the gayest trope about join me. the crew. That I'm always trying to steal women's <laughs> boyfriends. That's amazing that we're talking about all the oh tropes God, about me happening? in one. Um, and so I have a Topo Chico bottle opener for you, as well as t-shirt, as well as tote bag. I have a plethora of tote bags, and I have so many... I'm actually here for the tote bags, though. I'm here for the tote bags. I, I don't want the cheap tote bag, but um, I want <laughs> opposed, the one with good handles. Oh, okay, as opposed to the saying? most expensive luxury tote bags out there? <laughs> Look, I'm looking for the long handle that's like canvas material and like has a little side pocket where are those tote bags at i've never even seen those. also i guess on that topic um i guess we're already talking about it but useless unsustainable swag you know mm. what i mean we don't need any more i don't know you know what i'm saying i <laughs> I, I understand brand rep uh representation and yeah. like you know what i'm saying that's an important part of the i guess overall economy of it all but like useless swag and useless ugly t-shirts you know what kind Pass. of sucked is during the pandemic when people were kind of calling 
in brands and brand reps saying like, you should be doing more because come around to when we're building a cocktail menu, you can't leave us alone about putting us in three of our cocktails. And for that, we get free umbrellas or something. But right now you're saying, well, our budget can't go towards supporting the industry. It's going towards sunglasses. I'm like, I don't have time for this. What are you talking about? And I love a lot of these people because they're my friends and I, I enjoy them as humans. And for some of them, they are just doing their jobs. I really respected the brand reps and ambassadors that were like, you're right, we should be doing better. I will like bring this up the flagpole. But I, I didn't see a lot of like follow through with those kind of requests of them. And uh, that's tragic. I feel like... I think that's kind of like, you know, calling in and being like, hey, this is like a real way to support um, or a more impactful way to support um it, it is also kind of our little qualm with uh cocktail influences or beverage influencers right. on Instagram. Have you seen that um that meme of a woman I think she's in Dolores Park when like the California fires were happening <laughs> oh or something God. or there must be a filter yes. and so it's like a smoky background shit's on fire in the background and this woman is standing there with a selfie stick like taking a selfie in this park oh my God. while shit's just in disarray behind her and it was like the beverage industry in the background on fire and then <laughs> cocktail influencers with the selfie stick with the fire in the background and I was like, sis, if that ain't oh, it, you know what I'm geez, saying? Yeah. We can make we can laugh about it. It's yeah, it's we can laugh not good, but bit. it's hilarious. It's yeah. tragic because it's true. I remember when Alinea's dish that was like shaped or like inspired by COVID was released and they got so oh, much backlash. And I was like, no. you guys, what are you doing? Like, why not you guys in those that were upset at Alinea? I was like, Alinea, what are you doing? It's like when any uh, when a bartender would launch a quarantini cocktail, I would get so annoyed. I'm sorry. I am not a big fan of like creating drinks or naming drinks after I don't know, just traumatic a, events. yeah, traumatic <laughs> events. It's like I just don't do it. You're not going to ever see me being like this is a holocaust swizzle. You're not I can say that. Look. Because I But am then Jewish. on the on the less <laughs> on the uh, on the other side of the less extreme spectrum, like when uh, bartenders or bars just like straight up, it makes me laugh um, on my end. Of course, this is a larger thing. And I think all of what we're saying is like, you know, we're laughing at this is us not being like fully inclusive of the, the full spectrum of things going on. Sure. But like I, uh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Disclaimer. Um, when bars just like take everything from hip-hop and are like this is the bit you know the biggie smalls blah 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 and you're just in the widest space ever oh (laughs) well actually like i think black culture is a really good example because that like is widespread so you go into a bar and it's just like the you know most whitewashed space and they're just like blasting rap and i'm just like nigga 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 and you're like dude who who oh no! Is in charge of this playlist, I feel like. And is it the uh, white bartender behind the bar? <laughs> we could talk about these bars in specific in a little bit. However, we are about to be joined by our awesome guest Ian Griffiths, who's going to join us in just a moment. Stay tuned. <laughs> hey, Ian. <laughs> Sarah, how you doing? 
I'm doing good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm doing all right. I'm uh, just, you know, here in Brooklyn, hanging out, enjoying a, a little bit of a afternoon sunshine through my window. Uh, yeah. Uh, afternoon sunshine is the fucking shit, especially yeah. now that it's late March. Like, I'm tired of it. You know, I'm tired of no sun. Right. Yeah. And just like the moment that daylight savings kicked in and it was like, we suddenly oh. got an extra hour. Of, it was just like the greatest thing in the world. There was this meme that was like, you don't believe in the power of vitamin D yet. I'm walking around like I've just taken a hit of Molly or something. Yes. Like, like literally like that one extra hour of sunshine. It was like, boom, we're doing it. Like everyone was alive again. It's, uh, just uh, ass uh, out in the street, just having a lovely okay. time. Coming way up everything. It's, yeah, no, it's <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're going to have, if you can't tell already, we're going to have a fucking silly time talking about, mm-hmm. You know, talking about the things that make us laugh about our industry, tropes, memes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Thank you, Ian, for joining us. I'm going to leave this space here uh, for anyone in our audience that doesn't know who you are, what the fuck you're doing, and what's going on. Okay, cool. Um, Well, my name's Ian Griffiths, and my pronouns are he, him. Um, I've been in this industry pretty much my whole life. Um, I'm, I'm one of seven kids and my mother's a caterer. So I was in kitchens from like the time I was eight. But uh, once I could like, you know, legally bartend in Australia, the day I turned 18, I really run the gambit of everything. Massive uh, nightclubs, we're talking like 2,300 capacity, a little bit of wine over the years, but would never call myself a sommelier. Um, and then, you know, the last decade's been cocktails. I w- had the chance to... Uh, be a part of the Lion brand in London and opened my first bar when I was all of 26, which was, you know, um, very kind of career changing for myself. And then since then, alongside the Lion company had uh, Trash, formerly known as Trash Tiki with Kelsey that we've done a whole bunch of parties and raves and education on. Um, and these days I'm here in Brooklyn, um, just getting a new little agency off the ground called Jellybone. And, you know, after the last year, trying to really take time to reassess what I want my life to look like and how I participate in this industry in a more uh, effective manner, I guess, as much as anything. So, yeah, that's a that's where I'm at at the moment. See, if that's where you're at, like, sis, I didn't ask for a whole resume. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, so what's going on in your life? And you're like, so when I was 18... <laughs> Just oh that my god! Your reaction, right? Of every time, right. they're always like, "So tell us about yourself," and it's like, and it's—I mean, it's scripted at this point. Like, I'm an award-winning <laughs> bartender. Um, what else? That's really the most important thing to know. I've been doing these like Zoom cocktail classes for the duration of the pandemic, like you know, paying oh, the bills yeah. and all that kind of thing. And uh, and literally, the host that runs them with me, she. Uh, She's like, well, you're incredibly awkward Australian British in promoting yourself. And so she's like forced me to like say those things at the beginning of every single one where she's like, if you don't say this, I will cut you off and I will make you say it again. And so I guess I've been saying that three, four times a week for the last year now. I'm with it. You've got your, you've got your resume script. You're like throwing down all the information. Exactly. (laughs) Give give the highlights and move on. (laughs) Can I just say that whenever I do the virtual like classes throughout the pandemic as well, I never give them like a blurb about myself. So it's always just whatever they want to do to introduce me. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want to like be clear. I did not send that over to them to say, because they're like, David Moore, one of the best mixologists in the entire world. Oh, I'm like, 
they're gonna think that I wrote this biography. And like, if any bartender ever hears this, they're gonna be like, David who? Yeah, I mean, like, just that whole, I, letting anyone else introduce you is just a gambit <laughs> always. It's always just like, what have you Googled? What have you found? What have you gone back through my like Instagram yeah. feed and found or something? I, I yeah, yeah. Very I, flattering sometimes. <laughs> I love the idea <laughs> of like um, <laughs> joking about the bartender resume that's like, and I went to Portland Cocktail Week and I spoke at oh. this and then I went to Run Amok and then I was Speed Rack 2017 third runner up. Then I went, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, the, and the interviewee at the bar is just like, can you make? A Manhattan bro <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the it's the Facebook resume that I really don't understand whatsoever because like that takes time and that's it like, yes you know that yeah. is somebody that decided to like sit down and really just like document it all step by step and no I I feel you wholeheartedly on that <laughs> I'm gonna uh switch gears here and start asking some very very hard-hitting questions maybe these hard-hitting Ooh. questions will land maybe they won't land but I'll start with the first one Ian is it too sweet can you make sure it's not too <laughs> sweet please I want to make sure it's not too sweet is it too sweet <laughs> I mean I like my God, that, uh, particularly coming from Britain where drinks are typically a little bit sweeter as well. And, and like, oh, uh, that, that question just still gets me to this day. It's, uh, I, I don't know, particularly for Ryan and myself, we were always just being like, I mean, I just love sugar and drinks. I'm like never shy about it whatsoever. When someone's like, oh, this drink could be a little sweet. I'm like, that doesn't mean it's got less flavor or whatever. But my God, if we could do away with that question. And uh, following that up with being like, I just have a really dry palate. It's like, uh, Yeah, especially wine. Yeah. <laughs> do you understand what I mean by that? You give them a dry cocktail and they're like, mm, this is a little too much for me. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to make you happy. I tried this. I think the worst I ever saw was a guest. Um, I was bartending in Australia. They were from New York and they were so obsessed with trying to convince us that they liked bitter cocktails. They were drinking drinks that just literally were like 18 dashes of actual different bitters in a drink and being like, oh yeah, I had this at such and such bar. And we're just like staring and being like, we're not like, this is a shit drink. Like, it doesn't matter which way you got this. And just like, and like how it needs, it's like the same as people I feel that like have strong opinions about cilantro or pineapple on pizza. It's like, if these are tenants of your personality, like you've really got to walk back from a lot of this stuff. <laughs> Don't get me started. I mean, like the bitters, oh, the, the, the bespoke bitters and the literally like orange, ango, fucking smoked bark like this that yeah okay okay <laughs> <laughs> it's like step back let's just get the back down to like you know what's important selling drinks having fun that kind of thing i was gonna ask um the next hard-hitting question as i am the barbara walters of uh podcasts is absinthe the salt of cocktails no wait for real people say that yeah, maybe it's a Chicago oh, thing. Oh, maybe it's a Chicago yeah. Wait, is it just my friends? Oh, God. <laughs> I, like, I can hold, I can handle, like, bitters being the salt, like, and being the seasoning of things. But I feel like absinthe is almost, like, too unique to call it the salt and the salt or pepper of it, for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it. And, like, I mean, we're going to fluctuate between being irreverent and nerdy over this next hour, I'm sure. So to, like, 
hard pivot into being nerdy for a second, I think the uh, benefit of batching and using absinthe in like super small amounts allows it to then become an, ab an accent because like a heavy dash of absinthe can often override a drink. But I wouldn't call it the salt and pepper, but goddamn, I do love it. I must say that. Well, <laughs> to just jump off of you being... Uh, talking about these things, we were just talking in our little kiki about what is like the most bartendery kind of thing about us in real life. Like, I post cocktail photos on social media, and I did a bunch of competitions back in the day. And I'm like, I guess that is what I would consider the most true to trope thing about me. Yeah. What is Casiras was? I said I don't. Sh I don't shut up about uh. I don't shut up about fresh citrus. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, if you don't squeeze your limes, literally. <laughs> Right before you make that margarita, I don't want to hear anything about you making drinks tonight. <laughs> like, just too much. For me. Yeah, I was like, Ian, what about you? Um, what's the most bartendery thing about me? I have so many people catcalling in distances far away about the bullshit they've heard me say over the years. Um, uh, I don't know. I haven't got any bartending tattoos, and I try like. I mean, I'm just like... You don't have a pineapple tattoo? I do not have a pineapple <laughs> tattoo. I do not have a bar spoon tattoo. I do not have any of those. I did wind up with like a moonshine bottle and martini tattoo, but that was less of a bartender thing and more of an enjoying uh, drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I pro I'm just generally nerdy about so much shit. I think my like bartending trope is that I always like pivot too hard into the... Uh, sciencey nerdy side of stuff uh yeah um. i hear that someone asked a simple question about absinthe and then we get into the technicalities of batching cocktails and flavor profiles what's up case in point right that's right there I mean, just, just, uh, too much pre-exposure and uh yeah that's where oh when someone asks where i'm at i immediately list my resume i don't know it's <laughs> there it is that was by far the most bartendery thing about you is your introduction <laughs> Well, since you're since you're a, a self-proclaimed, you know, bartendery nerd, mm. I have another hard-hitting question for you because um, I've really been trying to figure out. It's really difficult. Um, I want to hear your opinion on how to make my vodka soda like just how, what's the right amount of just like the tiniest splash of lime. Oh, this is such a. Oh my God, this question. Um, so the only, I'm laughing at this extra hard because the white line, the first bar of the line company did everything pre-bottled, pre-carbonated, all the rest of it. And the one drink that we never actually managed to do right in our own way was a vodka lime soda. So like, even as you said that, I, That's can, incredible. Like, I can hear Ryan's like giggle in my ear, just being like, you, you think you're actually just like poking the bear with this, but after six years, we still could never actually, other than just, you know, putting vodka soda in a bottle together. So uh, I still manage to have yeah. a question for that, answer for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Have you, this is something that gets to me and that maybe it shouldn't and I just need to get a life, but do you ever use uh, mini clothespins uh, with garnishing? I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely do not. I cannot stand those. Uh, <laughs> oh good, I thought you were like, I absolutely do with every single cocktail. <laughs> I can't handle it. I don't, it's like, every time I see it, I'm like, this looks like a cop out. Yeah. Like, it just, if you can't make it perch there, then it's not going to yeah, work. Yeah, no, I like, I'm pretty minimal. I, like, I definitely, garnishes aren't like a huge thing that I enjoy the best of the times and I don't need the garnish to find the value in a drink. Uh, and so, no, I'm like, 
I've been ardently against them since the beginning as well. I still, yeah, it's, uh, I just, they're unnecessary, right? They're, uh, I see. I see so many threads on social media go out of sorts when it's like, this is like the most controversial topic what? of the day is like clothespins and garnishes. And I'm like, this is the topic that's getting like a hundred different bartenders to go back and forth yeah. on. And like, there's somebody else talking about like really important shit. And we're I like, can't get someone to read an article about thing. tipping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh no. Oh my God. Oh no. It's uh, I mean, I think that's like, that's our industry in a nutshell, but right. We love to uh, get distracted and uh, yeah, focus on all the rest of it. it really is. <laughs> we're saying all of this with love. Of course, I put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode being like, we're joking about stuff. You know what I'm saying? This is one of those episodes. We're not getting too deep in the nuances of all the, <laughs> the, the things about our, our, our industry. But um, while we're on the topic of, of uh, useless, useless garnishes, I, I, you know, as, as the person, the pair, the co-creator of, you know, Trash Tiki, I, I want to know if paper straws and dehydrated orange peels are going to save the planet. Oh my God. Hell no. My God. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, and again, talking about the way that our industry loves to get diverted is just kind of like, yeah, I think. I mean, I literally saw we, we were getting, obviously I was getting prepped for this session and I don't follow a lot of meme accounts. I pretty much rely on the fact, I don't follow a lot of bartenders, but like I've got my crew and if it's genuinely funny or anything like that, I know it's going to appear on a thread or in my stories. And so I'm happy with that. But I was like, you know, we're doing tropes. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to log on to Red Fast Food and see what the latest kind of sustainability memes are. Um, cause oh, yeah. I, I like, I think they're brilliant as well. I think they're so good. So um, and yeah, literally the last one, I think right. there's something about like more sustainable practices and then bartender be like paper straws and yeah, orange dehydrated orange wheels or something like that. It's just like, oh yeah, we really, we really got that one wrong. We really did not take the conversation deep enough as an industry at all. And it's, uh, it's where we're yeah. up at. Um, but no, I, on it, I like genuinely, I think like particularly Red Tip Bar Spoon, some of the meme accounts that I don't necessarily mess with, but that one I, I do have a lot of love for. And like, they actually, I had to reach out to them one time just as like a, a favor of something that they because they tag a different bar every time and then tagged a bar that had just closed. And I just reached out to be like, Hey, I was like, I'm not sure you're aware, but that oh. bar literally just foreclosed. So like, would you mind like changing the geo tag? I was like, PS love your stuff. And they were like, Oh, thanks so much. No worries. Blah, blah, blah. Appreciate you being a good sport about everything. And I was like, right. Yeah. Some people would actually get offended by this shit you're writing. Like it, it's the internet. Like you, you got it. <laughs> oh, I have to bring up because I, so I follow it closely. I, I'm not a commenter on things generally. I also don't like, I don't do the whole thread of controversy over something and like getting in on a bar owner's one comment. I'm like, that's y'all's business. And I'm just here to, actually the only thing I'll ever comment is like two eyeballs or a cup of tea. Cause I'm just like watching and seeing what happens next. Cause I'm still petty. Like I still enjoy <laughs> seeing what's going on, but there was one about, influencers that I know we're going to bring up. We just did an episode on influencers, but that there was a little bit of a controversy around Elliot, the apartment bartender, and it was, uh, it just kept going out of sorts. And then like Jeffrey Morgan Fowler got involved. He's like, hey guys, like calm down. And I like a teacher coming into a room of students, everybody was like, 
let's listen to Jeff. You know, this is really, I'm like, you guys are ridiculous. What are we doing? This is so ridiculous. I mean, you're a man after my own heart. I literally cannot be bothered to comment on most things, let alone get yeah. stuck in the threads of them. Like, even when I've, like, had people tag me across and stuff, I'm like, yeah, this is like, I don't know, this is, imagine me being Homer Simpson shrinking back into the bush. I don't know. Or I'm just like, yes. who's got time yeah. for this? What are, you, what, what are you doing with your day to day? And also like, a big believer in like the energy that you put out into the world and a lot yes. of that shit just like hits a point where you're like okay like if there was any good to come of this conversation we passed that stop a long time ago kind of thing it's, it's also uh, like yeah. the same three to five people that just oh. really <laughs> like to get involved in all the arguments i'm like it's not it's not cute and it's also the same three to five <laughs> topics when you said influencer in my head straight away i was like apartment bartender is about to come i know <laughs> i was just thinking sir and i were just talking before this episode about another fad that's kind of going on in these memes and gift pages which is this this intersection of gay porn screen grabs and bartending memes which has brought me a ton of joy because <laughs> it is like the one thing that brings my two identities right. together. It'll be like, oh, yeah, and when I repost over. it, I, I know it's like reaching into the ice bin and I'm like, okay, this is perfect because half of my followers are really going to love this meme for one reason and the other half is going to totally get it for another reason. And my parents are still going to remain disappointed in all of my <laughs> And my parents remain disappointed. <laughs> uh, as long as you can keep your parents off Instagram, I swear to God, that is the pro move. Like, I, I like, mm. even my mom joked about it last time. I like called her and I was like, mom, no, absolutely not. Please don't. Like, like we all need a safe place. In we life, do. And that is you not being on <laughs> Do either of you ever experience having your friends or family that are not in the industry just wanting to always ask you industry kind of things that are somewhat what we would describe as basic questions to us? Um, or like, oh, you should make a drink for us with like the this bottle of gin and uh, tahini sauce. You can do that, right? And I'm like, so I don't know what you think that I do, but this is not how I was planning on spending my evening with you guys. For <laughs> it's always, like, can you make a drink too? Meal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've managed to like avoid that mostly. Um, okay. the siblings, it's I'm one of seven, but I have almost no like cousins, uncles, aunties, anything like that. So like my immediate family is my family, and they're either super close with me and know exactly what I do, or because we're spread out over 21 years, we're not necessarily crazy close. And they also just like straight up, I'm not sure if they even still understand what I actually do, but they're just happy. Like, oh, because I'm the fifth out of the seven so i'm counted as one of the little three still because mm -hmm. that kind of hierarchy never goes away in a family and so i think a lot of the older ones that don't get what i do are just like oh he's just over there making drinks i'm sure they have that tom cruise image in their head something like that so i dodged a lot of that thankfully <laughs> yeah i'm always um I'm always posed when I hang out with family, like my uh, dad or my mom specifically, both of them love a good time. They love a good drink. And so it'll more than anything be like, you know, how do you make an old fashioned? Can you make that? Can you can you can you make it for this whole party? Um, and I'll just be like, OK, like, you know, 
Sure, I'll just, you know, go back to work really quick and, you know what I'm saying? Miss you yeah, too. Yeah, miss you too. Yeah. Um, but also, like, you know, my family also expects me, some of my family members expect me, good gifts are always going to, you know, be nice bottles of booze that I like. So my dad yeah. or my mom will be like, any good whiskeys you found recently or any good gins? I heard about this gin and it'll just be like, you know, and um, so, yeah, I'm also the person that gives the gives the nice bottles um, as gifts to folks that drink in my family. And that's a good reputation to have. Yeah, I'll take it. That's like that's what you want. <laughs> there can be a lot worse things to be referred to as I every holiday season. I always have a cousin whenever we do like a gift exchange or a secret Santa. There's always the one cousin that gets me like a really random drinking game from like the local liquor store. And I'm like, I do not need this tic-tac-toe shot glass game. And y'all know what I'm talking about or tequila mockingbird. I have like four editions of that book now that I'm like, Hey guys, honestly, like you don't need to get me anything related to this. Like I do other things. I like other things. It's, I appreciate it. Just get me a pair of like really cozy socks. We're good. This does not need to be so complicated. You need to do like a reverse wish list. Like a, here's a list of things you've got me before. Oh, God. Exactly. I've not become like the controversial family member because I'm so cynical and I'm like, I don't even like the gift exchanges. They're like, you're trying to ruin Christmas. I'm like, I guess I'm not trying to, but I'm doing it successfully, yes. Um, let's switch gears and play a little game of two truths and a lie. And um, mm. Ian, as you are our guest today, I'm going to let you or ask for you to go first. Okay. Yeah, I. Uh, this was so much fun. When I saw this in the email, I was like, excellent. Yeah. And like, I definitely wrote three or four versions, but I figured, you know, we're like, having fun and keeping it joyful today and so I decided to like err on the more ridiculous stories of my career as well so in no particular order of course um I did a year-long contract as Tom Hardy's private bartender um uh, I once saw Bjork lose a game of heads up because she couldn't guess who Beyonce was and I had to make Peaches stop performing in a club because two of her performers were penetrating each other live on stage. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. I know. <laughs> we will reveal the answer on the next episode of Anthropological. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Um, okay, Kasira, do you have questions you want to ask him to try to unveil yeah. more information? What's uh, Tom Hardy's go-to evening cocktail? Well, he's not much of a drinker is actually the thing is because he is so focused and he is so studious and like he's also like East London working class till the day mm -hmm. he dies. So it is mostly just like beer and scotch and the occasional old fat. How did you get the job um, to be his personal bartender? Yeah. How did I get the job? Just Googled, just Googled the same way as Tobin Ellis got to create an ice well. They literally reached out. I just got a contract for a club in Paris. Same kind of thing. They just Googled and reached out. I'd like to know if I can be Tom Hardy's personal anything moving forward. I mean, so that, I will... that man, my God, what a specimen. Holy hell. <laughs> yeah. I just stopped listening after you said that. I just had to unpack that for myself. Uh, it was just a distraction ploy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go for um, the peaches story and the penetration on stage. What do you, uh, see, what's I your? Believe that. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that's absolutely accurate. 
he has way too many details of the Tom Hardy story or you're a really good liar, which I do believe <laughs> is possible. I'm going to guess that um, Bjork does know who Beyonce is. And so I just have to, I can't settle with that. Mm, so I'm going to guess point. number two is the lie. And you're guessing number three. Do I now reveal? Please do. Yeah. So the Tom Hardy one is actually the lie. Uh, oh, <laughs> he said Google. I should have known. Ain't nobody find nobody on Google. I mean, yeah. I just love that man, so I knew most facts about him anyway. So that wasn't. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. I'm like emotional right now. That's incredible. <laughs> that really just. I'm gonna need to. We need to stop this recording so I can go take a break. But no. Uh, Bjork came in the white line on last call and I actually didn't recognize her and nearly shut the door in her face and Rob was like, Ian, Ian, and like, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess y'all can come in. And so like, they, uh, she came in with a couple of friends and hung out and weirdly, uh, ironically, I guess we'd actually just had Beyonce and Jay-Z party in white line like two weeks earlier until like 4 a.m. Oh man, yeah. And so then Bjork's hanging out playing heads up and we're all just standing, it's like literally two hours after closing at this point. We're like, you're Bjork, you're dressed as a tennis ball, you can do whatever you want. Oh and like just let them stay. And yeah, literally was playing heads up and we're all standing there and all her friends are doing all the things that you would do to try and destiny's child beyonce that wow. everything and she just could not get it and we were obviously remaining professional and straight faced and bending down behind the bar to just die quietly watching this all unfold that is <laughs> right. amazing Bjork there's been so much controversy this year, but that is the most controversial thing I have ever heard in my life. She came back and DJed our first birthday party as well, actually. So it was like, yeah. Oh my God. Her manager just called up and was like, hi, um, I need to talk to whoever owns the venue. And I'm like, yep, speaking. And then like, uh, so you uh, all came to your bar a couple of months ago. And we're like, and I was like, oh yeah, that was like April, May. They're like, yeah, well, she's just wrapped a studio recording and wants to like go and like let some steam off. Would she be able to like come and DJ? And I was like, uh, yeah, when? And they were like, this Sunday? I was like, well, that's our first birthday, actually. And they were like, yep, okay, great. Um, turned up on a Brompton, ordered a tea, even though we were clearly a bar that didn't serve tea, and then uh proceeded to drink three bottles of champagne and at one point, one point played a nine minute ambient whale track in the middle of a busy bar on a Sunday. It was everything. It was everything, everything. Uh, that sounds like a glorious, <laughs> glorious time. The most amazing thing I've ever fucking heard in my life. Like, I don't think either of you guys know this, but like when people ask the list of like, you know, name your five top favorite bands, artists, musicians, whatever. Bjork and the Gorillas are like the fighting for number one for me. Like I am about oh, wow. that. Yeah. I'm about it. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, she she was she was exactly what you'd expect. There was a, a period there for an hour or two where she also didn't speak to want to speak to anybody who was uh, female. Um, and so would literally just go blank and ignore anybody in her face oh, for like Lord. two hours at one point, and then she snapped out of it, and then she was suddenly talking to people again, and it was just like. Hell yeah, you are just. You just do you, boo. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I love that. Yeah. And then, so the Peaches story is actually 100% true. Um, I was running this massive club in Australia, in Brisbane, literally holds 2,300 people. And we were doing the after party for a festival that had been happening that day. We had like Diplo, Fake Blood, everything. This is like 2008, 2009. Peaches comes on stage with her performers. And because it's a club and because of her reputation and already gone to the green room before and just being like, 
just a reminder, we do not have an adult entertainment license. You've got to keep shit in check. And anyway, there's actually, I'm not sure if you all know of a, I guess he's like somewhat famous as a musician. His name's Hama Superstar. He did a side project with the drummer from The Strokes at one point. And he does, oh. he does resemble a shorter Ron Jeremy in a lot of capacities. Anyway, oh, I, like <laughs> I like walked back out of the green room and I was like, yeah, so uh, Hamas Superstar's in there. I was like, this is about to go off the rails in a very big way. And they're like, okay. And she got about one and a half songs through and Hamar and one of the other performers were just literally penetrating each other live on stage in front of about 1,800 people that could fit in the main room. <laughs> As well Tuesday, y'all. Oh, literally had to like run in, like can the whole thing, just like walk up to DJ. I was like, you have to stop playing. We will like, this is like a six figure Saturday night club. I was like, I will get in so much trouble for this. And so yep. literally had to pull a Peaches performance live off stage. Cancel the game. Amazing. Yeah. Epic. Your <laughs> life, your life could be honestly written to a book. This is amazing. I told you I was gonna go deep with these. I wanted to, but I'm I also so would love to be Tom Hardy's private bartender. My God, that would be yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your resume is already in this. So if he's if this makes it what his its way to Tom Hardy, you're set. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, uh, that's my that's my call out right there. <laughs> um, David, I don't want to make you follow that, but I am. <laughs> goody, goody, goody. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I took a somewhat similar approach where I had to, I wanted to incorporate some potentially truthful or lying celebrity moments in my um, my short lived career. Uh, number one, the Secret Service questioned me about social media posts that I made because I was being. Um, led into being the head server for a dinner for Barack Obama. My high school senior year superlative was most likely to own the most popular diner in town, which still don't know if I should be flattered or offended by that. And uh, Gabourey Sidibe told me that there were two very sexy men that worked at my restaurant. I was not one of the men <laughs> that she was referring to. So that was also a very humbling <laughs> experience <laughs> those are three facts and or lies about me Ooh. any uh, questions yeah definitely definitely mm -hmm. definitely um uh, when uh, when were you serving barack obama where when what were the details this was at cindy's rooftop okay uh i signed an nda about some of the information so i actually cannot say the specific date Mm -hmm. uh, but I was still a server at Cindy's, so this would have been in the first uh, year while I was uh, at Cindy's. So if people know that, they could probably find out the date. <laughs> it was for a, it was for a business dinner, so that is why it was an NDA. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, hmm. Who were the two hot men? This is purely interest at this point. Um, oh. <laughs> and what's their contact great. information? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, great question. And I'm going to share their information right now. Uh, so one of them was Derek something. He had very long hair, actually probably as long as my hair is right now. And he was very tall, very thin, but very charming. Mm. So I didn't blame that. And uh, she never said who the other guy was, but she clearly was making it clear that it was not me. It was like a bartender that was working. She yeah. was like, but anyway, just let them know that. And I was like, it's not that I'm like trying to go for it, but it would have been nice to be considered. Everybody wants that. Yeah, absolutely. Hello. You know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go for the, uh, the Barack Obama story. I think that's my, I think number one is my bet. 
Right, right. Okay. I'm going to shoot for the one that's like arguably like the others are quite distracting. And I'm going to say the most popular diner one is a lie. Interesting. Mm. Um, well, Ian, you are correct. Yeah! I, we <laughs> definitely did not have superlatives in my <laughs> There is no way. And I don't know what they would have said about me, but it would have been a lot ruder than that. Um, I did. I did end up serving Obama. I was the only server that was allowed to be within six feet of him. And um, his drink order was was everything. It was a bone dry vodka martini, and I was like, "Good for you." He's he literally just wanted three ounces of chilled vodka, and he, I was like, "Any preference of vodka?" He said, "Your choice," which of course was everything to me because I was like, "I can't fuck this up." So I gave him like Smirnoff or something. Um, no, <laughs> I, what did I do? I gave him a, a vodka called Snow Leopard because it was like everything else was literally like Smirnoff, Grey Goose Tito's. I'm like, I just want to like impress him. Yeah. But I couldn't even tell him anything because he was literally doing work, but he did compliment the martini. Um, and Gabrielle Sidibe absolutely said that to me while I was serving her. She was also to this day one of the nicest guests I have ever Aww. had. So it was uh, it was totally fine. I love that for you. No harm. <laughs> I love that for you. Kasira, I want to hear what is true and what is li- a lie about your life. Well, um, I went a very basic approach. I kind of tried to think about um, just stupid shit that I think about in the industry that's funny. Um, so here are my three truths and lies. Um, number one, I crack my tins when I shake two at the same time. Uh, number two... I've pulled a 36-hour shift. And number three, um, I believe orange juice b- belongs in cocktails. I love the way you're just low-key dragging everything in. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, two of these are truths. Unless you're taking that route where you're like, they're all yeah. lies. These are they're all lies. Yes. Um, okay, where were you working for this 36-hour shift? Well, the shift was an event shift. So you have to imagine I was doing Ooh. setup, break, you know what I mean? I was batching, I was setting up, I was doing the whole event, I was breaking down, I was packing in, you know what I'm saying? So it was Ooh. it was a very large and a charged day. If I If I told you the specifics of the event, then it would give it away. So... Of course, yeah. Why would we ask any more questions about it? Of course. Um, I'm curious as to uh, which bar you were allowed to double crack your tins behind, because I know most bars that you work behind. Uh... This is a bar that I haven't made necessarily like any clout or like public that I worked there. I probably worked there for about six months, um, and it was a place called Heritage Chicago that had um, that had. It's like a caviar bar and uh their bar program was super duper new the time that i was working for them their their bar program was super super new and they had yet to have like a full staff of actually trained bartenders there so i got to kind of you know make my own standards um as i was working behind that bar (laughs) which included double cracking your yes it did apparently using orange juice in your I'm like reading David's facial expressions as you say this because you all have so much like overlapping history now together that I'm like looking at him for the big like, right, he's right. gonna tell me what's the lie here. <laughs> no, I was excited because I was like, don't I don't want it to be obvious. And I was like, I don't remember if I told her the Obama story, so this is good. I have to ask, 
because I completely disagree with you. This is your truth, which is the inclusion of orange juice in cocktails. It's actually like the thing that I am the most grossed out by. I think mimosas are like, they make me nauseous. So explain to me why you feel so strongly about this. Um, I feel really strongly about it because there's a really interesting way that you can tie in like rum or kind of like agricole or something like this into an orange juice splash of a cocktail. <laughs> oh my god! With this like is the lie. this is the lie. Citric acid, like a little bit of citric acid. Uh, no, 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 no. There is no <laughs> way. Miss, we're talking about fresh citrus. <laughs> Miss, yeah, no, I know she's nerdy about fresh citrus, but then she brought up citric yeah. acid. I'm not buying it. You are. I say number three is the lie. <gasps> I. <laughs> I say number three is the lie, but I'd like to box it up by saying there might be an element of untruth to all of these, potentially. <laughs> you just might be a liar. Yeah, I'm just a fucking habitual liar. Um, number three is correct. <laughs> Wait, you did work a 36-hour shift? I have worked a 36-hour shift. Oh, and yeah. um, Oh, my Lord. That is, wow. So I, I, it's a yeah, little misleading in me saying it's a shift, but it involved all of okay. the shift like elements of you, you were packing in for 36 hours so. exactly and then i was batching cocktails in the back of like the most unprepared event space so you know right. what I'm saying? And, yeah just... no, that, that that counts as 36 definitely <laughs> you guys caught me two of the truths that i was considering to use but then i was inspired by ian's go around i was like i need to bring up the the gabriella debate story this has to be the one it was that i facetimed my mother during a competition to wish her a happy birthday because I forgot to wish her a happy birthday and I was like competing so I was like these are my that priorities so I love um, that. That's... it was and honestly I think the judges ate it up and so there was a part of me that was like they're gonna love this um because I'm trash and then the other one is that on one of my first dates with Matt um I blacked out from a chartreuse flight oh. which I guess is not even that unbelievable like that's that. very David. <laughs> Uh, but it's like such a bougie, stupid thing to say that I was like, I don't want to bring it up. But here we are. Doing it anyway. <laughs> I love that you shared your other ones. I like full scrapped mine. I literally rewrote these like three times. The first time I did it was like, these are all lame. These aren't like, no, what the hell? Uh... Sometimes two truths and a lie can be, can get a little, I don't want to say competitive, but we like to make people laugh with our with our shit um, and Definitely. kind of, you know, right? This whole This whole episode has been making each other laugh and hopefully maybe making our listeners laugh at this ridiculousness uh, might need to be a specific beverage industry person to get some of these nuances. Um, but but um, yeah, thank you, Ian, so much for joining us for this fucking hilarious episode. I'm really glad uh, that, you know what I mean? I was like drafting up the this topic and thinking about how we're going to laugh. And I was like, Ian is perfect. <laughs> uh for this because you're fucking hilarious yeah i'm glad i hope i could meet the ridiculousness of the ambition that you had behind this because yeah when you sent through tropes i was like oh we all just need to point at ourselves and laugh a lot more often so i like i am so ready for this <laughs> i know people saw the lineup of our season they're like that's nice nostalgia food media haitian conversations and then like tropes absolutely <laughs> rsvp on that episode that's the one <laughs> Right. Let's talk about clothespins and avoid this nuanced discussion about the tipping system. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about clothespins in our cocktails. Um, yeah. <laughs> so again, thank you, Ian, so much for joining us. Um, 
for this fucking episode, dude. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That's a wrap. Kasira Hill, what in the hell was that? What's up with that? What's up with that? Ooh, what's up with that? <laughs> what is that? What? Oh my god, what is that? Um, I thought this episode was hilarious. I am recording this before editing this, and I think I am, you know, I'm very excited to edit this and, and make this hilarious. So I think um, in the conversations about tropes and joking about memes and, you know, the ridiculousness of, of bar culture, because we can laugh about things um we can laugh about things. So um, that's kind of how I feel. I feel like having Ian on was hilarious. Just being able to, the, the two truths and a lie and the being able to just bring up questions um, that are silly, but we all know, yeah. we all also have been talking this whole season, you know, about serious topics. And so it, Ian said it when right. we were, when we were saying bye, but like, it's been so nice to laugh. It feels right good. Honestly, that is why, like, even when I was, um, back when I was acting, I always gravitated towards comedy and humor just because it just felt good. I love watching, you know, dramas and with these conversations, I love having the discussions we've had. We've had some amazing discussions this whole season on a, like plethora of topics and we're going to continue to do that. But you're right. It feels really good to laugh at ourselves a bit. We, we didn't even bring it up in the, in the actual episode, but like we can kind of laugh at you and I even doing a podcast and yet we make fun of the fact that everybody keeps starting podcasts. It's yeah. like, here we are doing it though. And that's fine. And I'm, I'm happy and proud of the conversations that we're having. And it's a great reminder to everybody to take a moment, have a laugh, remain optimistic and joyful and keep putting in the work. There's a way to do it all. We can, we can juggle these things together. Yeah. We can juggle these things together. Um, you know, laugh, smile, Talk about hard-hitting questions. Talk about the shitty stuff that's going on in our industry and talk about the nuanced, the nuances of, of topics in our industries. And to your point, like having this discussion series and being able to blend um, really learning out loud moments, you know what I'm saying, uh, at the root of it. But also the anthropological theory has been amazing to kind of share that because it really does give a highlight to the framework of what we can understand about our industry and, and, you know, just being fucking human. So, um, with that being said, thank you all for being human and joining us for another season of anthropological season two. Pew, 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 Um, thank you all that have been listening, uh, with us. And, uh, that's a wrap.